The following story is certified grim for threats of violence and cruel and unusual punishment and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes and with me on this journey is my co-host Mr Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading... The Twelve Brothers. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a grim reading. There were once upon a time a king and a queen who lived happily together and had twelve children, but they were all boys. Then the king said to his wife, If the thirteenth child which you are about to bring into the world is a girl, the twelve boys shall die in order that her possessions may be great, and that the kingdom may fall to her alone. What? This is just a decision he's come to. It's, it's his rule. No, no one's said, telling him that's got to be the way. What was that, honey? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what? No pressure. It's just, if you give yeah. birth to a girl, all of your sons will die. He caused likewise twelve coffins to be made, which were already filled with shavings, and in each lay the little pillow for the dead and had them taken into a locked-up room. And then he gave the queen the key of it, and bade her not to speak of this to anyone. What? He filled them with yeah. shavings? <laughs> yeah. What, what, wood shavings? Like, just beard trimmings? <laughs> That's, what a strange man. He's committed, though. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, no. He's already had the coffins made. And the brothers see the coffins being made. They're like, this is weird. <laughs> well, you're on to Adam. Always ahead of the game. <laughs> The mother, however, now sat and lamented all day long until the youngest son, who was always with her and whom she had named Benjamin from the Bible, said to her, Dear mother, why are you so sad? Dearest child, she answered, I may not tell you. But he let her have no rest until she went and unlocked the room and showed him the twelve coffins, oh. which were filled with shavings. <laughs> then she's <laughs> like, what? Why are they filled <laughs> with shavings, mum? Then she said... My dearest Benjamin, your father has had these coffins made for you and for your eleven brothers. For if I bring a little girl into the world, you are all to be killed and buried in them. And as she wept while she was saying this, the son comforted her and said, Weep not, dear mother. We will save ourselves and go away. But she said, Go forth into the forest with your eleven brothers, and let one sit constantly on the highest tree which can be found and keep watch, looking towards the tower here in the castle. If I give birth to a little son, I will put up a white flag, and then you may venture to come back. But if I bear a daughter, I will hoist a red flag, and then fly, as quickly as you are able, and may the good God protect you. And every night I will rise up and pray for you, in winter that you may be able to warm yourself at a fire, and in summer that you may not faint away in the heat. After she had blessed her sons, they went forth into the forest. They each kept watch in turn and sat on the highest oak and looked toward the tower. When eleven days had passed and the turn came to Benjamin, he saw that a flag was being raised. <gasps> the baby's been born. What's it going to be? Uh-oh. Any predictions? <laughs> um, I'm going to say she raises a pirate flag and they're really confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, what? It's, it's a blue flag. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I think, I think it's going to be a red flag. It was not the white, but the blood-red flag no. which announced 
that they were all to die. When the brothers heard that, they were very angry and said, Are we all to suffer death for the sake of a girl? <laughs> we swear that we will avenge ourselves. Whenever we find a girl, her red blood shall flow. Well, hang on a second. Yeah. Well, this took a turn. Not I happy. don't. What? No. This yeah, isn't they're, okay. They're going to kill any girl they find. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, okay, okay. Buckle up then. Thereupon, they went deeper into the forest, and in the midst of it, where it was the darkest, they found a little bewitched hut, which was standing empty. Then said they, Here we will dwell, and you, Benjamin, who are the youngest and weakest, you shall stay at home and keep house, while we others will go out and get food. Then they went into the forest and shot hares, wild deers, birds and pigeons, and whatever there was to eat. This they took to Benjamin, who had to dress it for them in order that they might appease their hunger. Yeah, to <laughs> dress for it them. for them. It's <laughs> 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 cooking. Uh, uh, what I've done with this hair is popped it in a lovely little uh, pleated skirt and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> Ooh, You've dressed that hair very well. Um, wow, so he's, he's um, the, the house husband. Well, not a husband, house brother. <laughs> He's the house man. <laughs> He's yeah. the homemaker is the word I was searching for. He's the homemaker. Yeah. yeah. They lived together 10 years in this little hut. Whoa. And the time did not appear long to them. So it's great. They're having a good time. And 10 years have gone yeah. by. I mean, they're just like, they're just a bunch of lads just like living at large in the forest. Aren't yeah. They? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, I think they're enjoying themselves. I, I think they are too. That's not really hardship, is it? No, it's not, you know, it's not very Lord of the Flies, no. which is kind of <laughs> sounds like it might be. No, they're just ch chilling in the forest, killing nice food, yeah. eating nice food. Brilliant. They got Boom. it sorted. Yeah, got it made. As long as there aren't any girls. Yeah, exactly. No girls allowed. Right, we're, we're going back to the castle. Okay. The little daughter, which their mother, the queen, had given birth to, was now grown up. What? <laughs> well, she's ten. Yeah, exactly. Ten's not exactly grown up, but okay. <laughs> she was good of heart and fair of face. And had a golden star on her forehead. <laughs> you can't just throw that out there. What do you mean she had a golden star on her forehead? Tattoo? She's she's really nice. Yeah, she's great. She looks very pretty. And she's got a golden star on her forehead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> okay. The old star head, yeah. <laughs> now, don't mention it when you meet her. She's quite self-conscious about it. You'll hardly notice it. <laughs> don't, don't mention the star. Don't mention the star. Don't mention the star. <laughs> now, once, when a big washing had been done, she saw, <laughs> she, saw, she saw 12 men's shirts among the things and asked her mother, To whom do these 12 shirts belong? For they are all far too small for father. Then the queen answered with a heavy heart, Dear child, these belong to your 12 brothers. Said the maiden, Where are my 12 brothers? I've never yet heard of them. She replied, God knows where they are. They are wandering about the world. Then she took the maiden and opened the chamber for her and showed her the twelve coffins with the shavings and the pillows for the head. These coffins, said she, were destined for your brothers, but they went away secretly before you were born. And she related to her how everything had happened. Then said the maiden, Dear mother, weep not. I will go and seek my brothers. Uh-oh. Well. Mm. Oh, you're not. Oh, you're a little nervous about that. I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. I'm quite nervous. Also, why is she washing the shirts? <laughs> why is she washing their shirts? 
They've been gone for 10 years. Why is she suddenly going, oh, I really need to wash these shirts. <laughs> I know last episode we went deep into the history of Puss in Boots, but my main bullet point in my notes for this story is why is she washing their 12 little shirts 10 years later i don't understand okay maybe she keeps them because she's really sad why is she washing them i know it's like they've been sat at the bottom of the laundry basket for 10 years it's like oh really should do these i don't i don't get it no, me neither. But anyway, the daughter is off to seek the brothers. I'm worried. I'm really worried about this. So, she took the 12 shirts and went forth and straight into the great forest. She's taking the shirts with yeah, her. Why is she taking the shirts? <laughs> why, why, why is with these shirts? She walked the whole day and in the evening she made it to the bewitched hut. Oh. Then she, so she's there. She's found their house, mm-hmm. and she entered it and found a young boy who asked, "Where do you come from, and where are you bound?" And he was astonished that she was so beautiful and wore royal garments and had a star on her forehead. <laughs> and she answered, "I am the king's daughter, and I'm seeking my twelve brothers, and I will walk as far as the sky is blue until I find them." She likewise showed him the twelve shirts which belonged to them, and Benjamin saw that she was his sister, Excellent. and he said. Uh, I'm Benjamin, your youngest brother. And she began to weep for joy, and Benjamin wept also, and they kissed and embraced each other with the greatest love. But after this, he said, Dear sister, there is still one difficulty. Um, We've all agreed that every maiden whom we meet shall die, uh, because we've been obliged (laughs) to leave our kingdom on account of a girl. Well, this is awkward. Then said she, I will willingly die if by doing so I can save my twelve brothers. Whoa, that's not necessary. No, answered he. You shall not die. Seat yourself beneath this tub until our eleven brothers come home, and then I will soon come to an agreement with them. What? She did so, and when it was night, the others came back from hunting, and their dinner was ready. And as they were sitting at table and eating, they asked, What news is there? Said Benjamin, Don't you know anything? No, they answered. <laughs> don't, don't you know anything? So, what, what's, what's been going on? Don't you know anything? He continued, You've been in the forest and I've stayed at home and yet I know more than you do. <laughs> Tell us then, they cried. He answered, But promise me that the first maiden who meets us shall not be killed. Yes, they all cried. She shall have mercy. Only do tell us. Then said he, our sister is here and he lifted up the tub and the king's daughter came forth in her royal garments with the golden star on her forehead and she was beautiful delicate and fair then they were all rejoiced and hugged and kissed and loved her with all their hearts this is just beautiful this is so sweet it's lovely all the siblings reunited well united (laughs) now she stayed at home with benjamin and helped him with the work the eleven went into the forest and caught game and deer and birds and wood pigeons that they might have food, and the little sister and Benjamin took care to make it ready for them. She sought for the wood for cooking and herbs for vegetables, and put the pans on the fire so that the dinner was always ready when the eleven came. She likewise kept order in the little house. It's like a job description. I know. Is this not <laughs> what Benjamin was doing, or like, <laughs> was he doing it all wrong? And she put beautifully white clean coverings on the little beds. And the brothers were always contented and lived in great harmony with her. Once on a time, the two at home had prepared a beautiful meal. And when they were all together, they sat down and ate and drank and were full of gladness. 
There was, however, a little garden belonging to the bewitched house where there were 12 lily flowers, which are likewise called students. <laughs> she wished to... <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> she wished to give her brothers pleasure and plucked the 12 flowers and thought that she'd present each brother with one while at dinner. Oh, dear. Shouldn't have done that. But at the same moment that she plucked the flowers, the 12 brothers were changed into 12 ravens and flew away over the forest. I could see that happening. And the house and garden vanished likewise. And now the poor maiden was alone in the wild forest. And when she looked around, an old woman was standing near her who said, My child, what have you done? Why did you not leave the 12 white flowers growing? They were your brothers who are now forevermore changed into ravens. The maiden said, weeping, Is there no way of saving them? No, said the woman. No? Oh, no. <laughs> well, there is but one in the whole world, and that is so hard that you will not succeed at it. For you must be dumb for seven years and not speak or laugh. And if you speak one single word and only an hour of the seven years is wanting, all is in vain and your brothers would be killed by the one word. Then said the maiden in her heart, I know with certainty that I shall set my brothers free and went and sought a high tree, and she sat spinning, and she neither spoke nor laughed. Are you with me? Well, it's all yeah. happened very fast. Yeah, 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 I'm kind of with you. I, I mean, I understand the, um, she can't speak for seven years, and that's the only way to save them. Or laugh. Or laugh. Yeah. I, technically, she broke it, like, straight away. She's like, I'm not going to speak. Oh, oh what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. She did technically break it <laughs> immediately. Straight away. Okay. So she, But she said, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't care. She's going to do, do it. it. And she's going to climb to the top of the tree. She's climbed to the top yeah. of the tree and she's sat there spinning. Yeah. In the tree. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, it so happened that a king was hunting in the forest who had a great greyhound which ran to the tree on which the maiden was sitting and sprang about it, whining and barking at her. Uh-oh. Then the king came by and saw the beautiful king's daughter with the golden star on her brow, and was so charmed with her beauty that he called to ask her if she would be his wife. Oh, dear. And she's marry got me. to... <laughs> Will you marry me? And she's got to pretend to, like, not see him, like, uh, looking up in the sky. <laughs> she made no answer, but nodded a little with her head. <laughs> okay. So he climbed up the tree himself, carried her down, placed her on his horse and took her home. Then the wedding was solemnized with great magnificence and rejoicing, but the bride neither spoke nor smiled. She can't even smile. <laughs> the old woman's like, you can smile. She's like, no. no I'm, doing no. This for, I'm doing this all the way. When they had lived happily together for a few years, the king's mother, who was a wicked woman, began to slander the young queen and said to the king, this is a common beggar girl whom you have brought back with you. Who knows what impious tricks she practices secretly. Even if she's dumb and not able to speak, she might still laugh for once. But those who do not laugh have bad consciences. So she does not like her. No, she doesn't trust. I don't trust a person that doesn't laugh, basically. <laughs> At first, the king would not believe it. But the old woman urged this so long and accused her of so many evil things that at last the king let himself be persuaded and sentenced her to death. What? What? So, so the king's mother really doesn't like yeah. the girl. 
she's whispered in the king's ear, like, she's awful. She's a terrible person. So he's gone, oh, all right. You might have sentenced her to death. Yeah, fine. Yeah. And now a great fire was lighted in the courtyard in which she was to be burnt. And the king stood above at the window and looked on with tearful eyes because he still loved her so much. <laughs> Why is he burning her then? <laughs> Mental case. When she was bound fast to the stake and the fire was licking at her clothes <gasps> with its red tongue, the last instant of the seven years expired. Then a whirring sound was heard in the air and 12 ravens came flying towards the place and sank downwards. And when they touched the earth, they were her 12 brothers whom she had saved. Yay! They tore the fire asunder, extinguished the flames, set their dear sister free and kissed and embraced her. And now, as she dared to open her mouth and speak, she told the king where she had been dumb and had never laughed. The king rejoiced when he heard that she was innocent and they all lived in great unity until their death. The wicked stepmother was taken before the judge and put into a barrel filled with boiling oil and venomous snakes and died an evil death. The end. What? That's got to be one of the best, most insane, <laughs> most unexpected endings we've ever had. It's like they all lived happily ever after. P.S. The stepmother was shoved in a big uh, barrel full of boiling oil and venomous snakes. Also, if it's full of boiling oil and venomous snakes, yeah. technically the snakes are just lightly frying in this boiling oil. <laughs> Like proper in a barrel with some fried snakes. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, that had crossed my mind as well. <laughs> and, and as often, I'm just trying to hope that I say it quick enough to get past your, your razor-sharp mind. <laughs> so hang on. Hang on snakes would be dead too. <laughs> no, don't like it. No, no. Wow. Wait, stepmother. Yeah. Uh, why, wait, what? why is she a stepmother? Oh, Adam, you're, you, nothing gets past you, Adam. I love it. <laughs> Well done. She was his mum, and suddenly she's his stepmum. I mean, I, I'd give you a standing ovation, but <laughs> I'm quite comfy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're so right, yeah. This has been commented on by others, and you know, obviously completely passed me by. I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a, it's an inconsistency in the text. So at first, she's the king's mother, yeah, uh, who, who doesn't like um, our heroine. But then when she's being killed at the end, she's suddenly called the stepmother... And, you know, we're assuming it's the same in German because this is obviously an English translation. Right, but I'm pretty yeah. sure other people have picked up on this. So that is an inconsistency yeah. in the text. Losing a point? Hmm? What, Do we penalise them for, for that, the story. Maybe? We'll see. We'll see. I'll keep my mind we'll open. We'll see later. I mean, it does... That, that last bit about the stepmother and the barrel and the snakes and the oil does sound like it's been tacked on at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... I don't know if that... Just an extra bit of violent justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The sentence before that says, and they lived happily until their death. Yeah. And then, as you said, it's like a PS. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, <laughs> not quite done here, guys. Um, boiling oil? Anyone? Snakes. But it does slightly have that cryptic feel, this story that we saw in... Uh, you're in doing your England and a few others. There is a, sort of, there's a lot of sort of symbolism around. Oh, definitely. And, and I have to say, honestly... Before the witch popped up, 
before the 12 lilies came about. Yeah. I was going to say it, this story reminds me of the Seven Ravens. And then, of course, no it way. turns into another version of the Seven Ravens. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, like a load of brothers being banished because yeah. of a daughter and all yep. of this stuff. Like, yeah, it just and then it and then it went on to like they turned into ravens. It's extremely similar to the Seven Ravens, but it's very similar to actually a lot of other stories as as well. Mm-hmm. So there were a few things that really struck me immediately as I was reading that felt familiar. And maybe okay. it's because I, you know, I've read these stories ten times before we record, so sure. I know them very well. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really feels like a composite of a lot of Brothers Grimm stories that we've read. Interesting. Um, it's like a mishmash of, of motifs. Have you got a list of stories then? I do. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. The lilies. So there are 12 lilies, and when they're plucked, yep. they all turn into ravens. That's a bit like the gold children. Tech. All yeah. right, let's turn this into a quiz. That's <laughs> like the gold children, yeah. where there are, uh, I can't remember what flowers they were, but there are flowers that are sort of connected to the two boys, yeah. the two flowers that are kind of them. Yeah. Princess who doesn't laugh. Princess who doesn't laugh. Okay, that's a tough one. Which one's that? The golden goose. Goose. The golden goose has a princess who doesn't laugh. Yeah, the whole the whole conceit oh, is that a princess will marry someone who can make her laugh. And of course, the only thing that makes her laugh is a bunch of people stuck to a goose. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> a vow not to speak for seven years. Vow not to speak for seven years. Oh, you've lost me now. The girl without hands. Does she not speak for seven years? It's the king. He doesn't speak for seven years until he finds them. Ah, right. I totally forgotten that. He wanders around the woods, not saying a word. Heroin goes and sits in a tree, and the king's dog finds her. <laughs> We've seen that before. <laughs> Have we? Oh, wow. Yeah. What was that? Girl sits in a tree, and the king's dog finds her. This is the most niche quiz <laughs> in history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing terribly. Who, who's that? Thousand Furs. So, <gasps> yeah. yeah, she goes, hides in a tree and gets found and she's covered in her fur. So they call her Thousand Furs. Thousand Furs, yeah. Although I think it's technically the hunters who find her. But anyway, it reminded me of that. Yeah. I got uh, reminded of that. Also, the little PS, um, the being thrown yeah. in a, in a cauldron of snakes and vipers. That's a, that's a little harder, this one. We've seen that in um, the classic French version of Sleeping Beauty. In the French 17th century Sleeping Beauty, there's a whole sort of extra bit where the stepmother tries to kill Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And she's about to be like, I think, maybe burnt alive. And then her husband comes back and says, Oi, what are you doing? And he takes the stepmom and throws her in a cauldron full of snakes. Whoa. Yeah. I was also thinking, okay, maybe not a barrel of snakes and oil. Yeah. But... The stepmum in The Three Little Men in the Wood at the end is thrown in a yeah. barrel of, uh, stuck full of nails. Yeah, bar- barrel justice. Yeah, barrel justice. <laughs> that's barrel, <a> death. <laughs> barrel death. Barrel <laughs> death. <laughs> um, so that's just within the Grimm's stories that wow. we've read. Yeah. Outside of the Grimm's, the raising of the red flag and the white flag to say if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. Reminded me of the Greek myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. Okay. I'm sure you know about the Minotaur, right? I do remember the Minotaur, but I don't really labyrinth. remember that, that myth. Well, when... So Theseus is the hero who defeats the Minotaur. Yeah. When he leaves Athens to go and take on the Minotaur, he says to his dad, the king, if I've succeeded, when I return, 
my ship will raise a white sail. Mm -hmm. But if I die, my ship will come back and raise a black sail. And then obviously he, uh, he defeats the Minotaur. He's coming home, but he's forgotten this. And his no. ship's coming in with a black sail. His dad's like on the cliff looking out. Oh, here comes my son. Oh, no. Black sail. And he hurls himself off the cliff to his death, thinking that his son's dead. That's tragic. So Theseus arrives. Oh, no. That's so a pretty uh, dumb thing to do, <laughs> to forget about. <laughs> Idiot Theseus. <laughs> what a moron. So, yeah. So, it really is like a mishmash of stories we've already heard to me. There's yeah. a lot of motifs we've seen before. But, as you say, in particular, the Seven Ravens. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. She doesn't have to, like, go into some sort of, like, space mountains and, like, no. get, um, drop some rings in a glass or something. As <laughs> I vaguely remember with that one. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, by the way. Like, because researching this, I listened back to The Seven Ravens. Oh, that, that is a I mad mean, that story. That is a classic story. So this is most like The Seven Ravens. Both The Seven Ravens and The Twelve Brothers are ATU type. Four, five, one. The brothers who were turned into birds slash the maiden who rescues her brothers. So the, the ATU index, just quickly, is like a... It categorizes folk tales from around the world and kind of groups them together by narrative arc or narrative yes. structure. Uh, so yeah, these two stories, Seven Ravens and Twelve Brothers, basically have the same architecture. If you strip it back, a girl loses her brothers who are turned into birds, and then she goes to find them and breaks the magic spell. But as we've just seen, this, so this one is kind of like The Seven Ravens, but just stuffed with loads of other bits from other stories as well. It's like, yeah, it's just got more furniture in it, this one. Yeah, no, I, I think like I think the, yeah. the Seven Ravens was maybe more psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And sort of <laughs> surreal. Yeah. But this has got more sort of narrative meat on the bone, I think. Yeah, it's more it's more epic this one, yeah, and definitely. they're royal as well. Whereas the Seven Ravens, they're just you know regular plebs. Yeah, as mentioned in the Seven Ravens episode, this is one of the only story types, ATU types, that appears multiple times in the Brothers Grimm fairy tale collection, and we're going to see it one more time. <gasps> so Ooh. we're going to have another, the maiden rescues her brothers story. Do you know which one that is? The last I one. I do. And is it in volume one? It is. Ah, so we might be hearing it sooner than you think. Yeah. And again, I specifically said what it is in The Seven Ravens. So I'm going to leave you hanging. You can go back <laughs> and listen to The Seven Ravens. So well, you mentioned like inconsistencies with the story. I think there are inconsistencies with the way people's age is described. <laughs> okay. What, one such case in point, as we mentioned, as you were telling the story, it says she's grown up. She's all grown up. She's 10. Yeah. That's not grown up. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, then she goes into the woods and she goes into the house. Yeah. And it's, bearing in mind, she's already been described as being all grown up. Yeah. She then, I forget how it was termed, but it's basically she found a little boy or something. Yeah. He's older than her. He's a lot older yeah. than her. So what, why is he a little boy and she's grown up? I don't understand. Did she overtake him? <laughs> <laughs> overtook Benjamin. Yeah. Poor Benjamin. Because <laughs> oh. he's always, because he's the youngest brother, it's like he's sort of <laughs> infantilized, like, sort of. She's, yeah, yeah, definitely. She's like, and who are you, little boy? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm 15. <laughs> Leave How old are you? Yeah, and they're all totally, because I think in your head, you think all these boys living together are kind of the same age, but presumably, yeah. at, at the very least... 
they're 12 one years apart. One is 11 years, yeah, exactly. Yeah, younger exactly. Than the other. So they could range from like 20 to like four. <laughs> 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 Which kind of gives a different spin to it. It I does, think. yeah. Well, what I also thought was interesting is that there's perhaps echoes of the Brothers Grimm actual household life. Mm-hmm. Because they were, if you remember from our biography episode, they were five brothers with one sister. Uh, with, and from the age of about 20, I think, they didn't have any parents anymore. Jake, Jacob, the eldest, was 20, 22 sure. maybe. And I seem to recall from my research that uh, Lottie, who was the, the Grimm sister, she wasn't especially domestic or she didn't like doing householdy stuff. And Jacob and Wilhelm would kind of despair over her a little bit. Oh, nice. So in a way, you have this whole sort of scene where the youngest sister is doing all the household chores and they're all like listed specifically and yeah. it almost made me think like did jacob and wilhelm grimm write this and say <laughs> lottie do you want to read this story this is what this girl is doing Just these saying. are the things Just i saying. wish my sister was doing <laughs> there's one thing i was pleased about okay because there was one part of the story that really got me worried and i was glad that in the end the brothers didn't go out and kill any women yes as was i i was like that that's a horrible turn they just like they suddenly yeah. become horrible vengeful misogynists yeah. and just go out and like i just thought i'm not on board with this and thankfully that never materialized they just hid out in the woods this brings us on nicely to comparing the story i just read you <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> which is from the final publication of the brothers grim fairy tales in 1857 Let's compare that to the original 1812 publication of this story, where things are a little bit different. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the original reason that the king wanted to kill his boys was far more aggressive and misogynistic. (laughs) So so in our one, he's like, oh, if you have a daughter, I only want her to inherit the kingdom, and we're going to kill our sons. Yeah. Originally, the king says... I'd rather chop off the boys' heads myself than let a girl be among them. So it's got nothing what? to do with her inheriting what? the kingdom. What's his he logic deci- there? <laughs> he decides to kill them because being around a girl is so awful that it's better to be dead. <laughs> oh, I don't... Yeah, it's, isn't that awful? That's horrendous. <laughs> I'd rather chop off their heads myself then let a girl be among them. Yeah. And another big difference. Uh-huh. So in our one, they said, oh, we'll kill any girl we see. And then you never hear about that again. I'll read the original version to you now. Whenever they met a maiden, they would kill her without mercy. Oh, dear. So it specifically says that they did go around killing girls in the original version. This is story. horrible. <laughs> yeah. And wait, in these stories, in this version, are we still supposed to, like... <laughs> like root for the brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, you're really rooting for the sister and perhaps for the family in a way. Yeah. For the like okay. proper order of things to be restored. Yeah. So in a way, the story that we read kind of seems much less sexist than the, what I've just told you was in the original one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where they're going around killing girls and well, the father doesn't want a daughter. It's certainly improvement. Yeah. But interestingly, there often people say that the brothers Grimm, so they collected these stories from ordinary folk and a lot of people say that as they kind of edited and revised the stories you see their hand a lot more in the story as opposed to the source of the story yeah and often the brothers Grimm are accused of sexism yeah 
But this one I thought kind of subverts that because interestingly, the grim source for this story uh, was two girls, Julia and Charlotte Ramu. Uh, they were the daughters of the head of an evangelical church in Castle, in the Brothers Grimm hometown. And they were friends of the Grimm's. Uh, and Julia and Charlotte were part of a reading group that met to tell folk stories that was organized by the Grimm's. So in a way, if, if we take the original version of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales to be the closest to the oral source, yeah. and the later ones you see more of the Brothers Grimm hand, then it was the women, the female sources of the story, who told this nasty, arguably far more sexist version. And then later the Brothers Grimm made it the more it benevolent down. one and toned yeah. down those sort of that violence against women. Interesting. So I just yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, you you can never quite pigeonhole the, no, the Brothers Grimm sure. fairy tales as much as we try. And whatever sort of rules of thumb you come up with, they just you can kind of undermine them. I thought yeah. it was quite interesting. Okay, uh, a big question remaining. Yep. Come on. Gold star on the head. What's that one about? What have you Good got for me on the gold star? Because <laughs> what? She's got a face tap. <laughs> I thought she did. I thought she had a. Uh, yep. She got drunk one she, night she went to at the theater. age of ten and came home. Mom, Dad, look what at is this. that on your head? Not advisable, kids listening. No, definitely not. Do not go for the face tattoo. Yeah, it's a strange detail. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not really super obvious what it means, but it, it does mm. feel like it has a meaning, like some sort of deep yeah. symbolism, right? It's really odd, and it keeps referring to it throughout the yeah. story. So, I mean, I, I knew you'd be curious. I was curious. and Who I, wouldn't I'm be curious about a gold star on the head? So I started researching star on forehead <laughs> star is that where you popped into uh, the search engine there star on forehead um foreheads in general <laughs> go on then tell me about foreheads matt tell me about foreheads well they come up surprisingly often in the bible and the quran okay stuff like they shall be smited on the forehead you know that kind oh, of thing. like goliath yeah 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 oh tell me more what was it isn't that how david killed goliath he had a sling and he slung a stone oh, and it right. smacked him straight in the forehead Smited. Smitten. Smite, smited. Smitten. <laughs> yeah, good point. There you go. Yeah. There's a passage in the Bible that speaks of the seal of God on their foreheads. You know, that okay. sort of thing. But no mention yeah. of a star. No. Um, however, there is a legend concerning St. Dominic, who's the patron saint of astronomers. Uh, apparently, when he was baptized, his godmother saw a star on his forehead. So that's how he's often depicted in art. And I assume okay. that's why he's the patron saint of astronomers as well. I don't know sure what it means. She saw a star on his forehead. What when they splashed oh, in the water, know, like it <laughs> just formed a little star. Yeah. Interesting. To be honest, I really like the legend of St. Dominic. Like there was so little on it. It uh -huh. was really odd because there are like proper big paintings of a guy with a star on his forehead. But like the actual legend, I was like, oh, let's find the legend. And it was just like a sentence. Godmother saw a star when he was <laughs> baptized. I was like, what? I want more. I'm just thinking then, if she, it would work if she dressed up as a Christmas tree. <laughs> she had a star on the top. <laughs> Were you thinking that? Yeah, yeah, fancy did dress. Did pop in your head? Yeah, yeah, it did pop in the head, and I thought I'd say it out loud. <laughs> Thanks for so much for sharing that. 
<laughs> it would work if she dressed up as a Christmas tree. <laughs> Fancy dress sorted every yeah. year. So we do have a Christian legend of a star on a forehead. So I found that for okay. you. And indeed, there is a lot of uh, the Bible stuffed in that story. It even mentions the Bible. It says the word the Bible. The boy is named Benjamin from the Bible. In the Old Testament, Jacob had 13 children. 12 were boys and one was a girl. And the youngest boy was called Benjamin. Who, of course, is the only oh, named child in the interesting. story. Interesting, yeah. So that is a direct parallel there. Right, yeah. To the point where it feels like I imagine the Grimms might have added that in themselves. Because yeah. they were... They did increasingly put religious references in. Yeah. So, yeah, very clear, overbearing biblical illusion there. Uh, and that wasn't in the original version from 1812. So, moving away from the Bible, perhaps the most obvious religious connection to just having a symbol on your forehead is the bindi. Right, yes. So, that's the, r- that's the red dot placed between the eyebrows, worn by Hindu women, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it marks or perhaps amplifies the sixth chakra, the third eye. Yes. I never knew what a bindi was for before. Well, I vaguely knew about the idea of a third eye, but I mean, that's mm. as far as it went. I don't really know what's behind that. Well, it's one of the chakras. It's the sixth chakra of the sixth body. Chakra. I think kind of like an energy point, basically. Okay. But actually, n- now it's often used simply as a beauty accessory without mm-hmm. the cultural or religious connotation. Not always, of course, but some no. people just wear it. Yeah, on the sure. subcontinent. So those are the sort of religious connections to a forehead. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I've got a few other angles for you. Sticking within the logic of the fairy tale universe. Mm-hmm. So in our episode on Thousand Furs, I spoke about how heroines in Brothers Grimm fairy tales are often associated with, conflated with, joined with the cosmos. In Thousand Furs, she had a dress that shone like the moon, the stars, and the sun. Yes, she did. One each. And also, as you mentioned, actually, in The Seven Ravens, the girl meets the sun, the moon, and the stars. She does, yeah. And uh, I read about how this is a thing. So heroines in Brothers Grimm stories are often associated with sort of the cosmic, weirdly. And it's almost like in this story, we've kind of gone over the edge and she now literally just has a star on her <laughs> forehead. <laughs> on her head, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, do you get it, guys? She's got a star <laughs> on her head. It's not like, oh, her dress is a bit like the moon. No, it's yeah, on her no, no, actual no, yeah. head. Uh, so it's it's definitely not an unusual symbol of fairy tale princesses, as weird as it is. Okay. The only final thing I got for you I could find was that, interestingly, in German, uh, the word star is Stern. Stern. And the word forehead is stun. Hmm. So perhaps it's maybe a little linguistic flourish that doesn't translate to oh, English. Interesting, Star yeah. forehead as opposed to stern, stun. Stun, yeah. Yeah, so does that make sense? So it perhaps sort of almost artistically it reads mm-hmm. better, it flows better than in the English language where it's very jarring. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that. That seems like mm. a thing that would crop up in a fairy tale.
Well, I mean, is it that time? Is it rating time? I think it might be. Are we there? Have we digested the 12 brothers? I'll be honest, I'm still digesting a little bit, but we can we can uh, order dessert of the... No. <laughs> Score time. I like this one. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, a, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. It is odd. But enjoyable. No, it's really enjoyable, and it's unusual. And and whilst mm. it, yeah, whilst it did, as you've said earlier, like it retrod a lot of familiar ground from other yeah. fairy tales, it still feels new and interesting. Like it's it's a story in okay. its own right that sort of mm. really held the attention. I think that's been my main difficulty in kind of thinking about score is that you know it's a great reminder of some of mm-hmm. the the great moments we've seen you know yeah. in the past. That's what I call grim, kind of greatest hits compilation. <laughs> yeah. But does it does it have enough originality to kind of elevate it to a place where we're like, as a story in its own right, that's a cracker. And I think you might be right. You seem to be suggesting that it does. And I think you're right. It is fun. Star on the head. <laughs> Twelve <laughs> little shirts. <laughs> Benjamin. Sit at home. Um, <laughs> like cooking up rabbits. Sizzling snakes. Yeah. Sizzling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fried, yeah. fried snakes in a barrel. Oh, this is a difficult one. I'm going to give this story a seven. Okay, nice score. Yeah, I think that's high enough. Because I, I do yeah. think, it, I genuinely think it's a good story and I really enjoyed it. But trying to be sensible about the scoring, yeah, I, I, it's, not, it's not elite tier. No, I think I agree with you. And I, I have a feeling that if it had come up early on in our journey through these stories, yeah. it might have had enough of a wow factor to get a higher score yeah but actually because we have now seen an awful lot of that already it, it doesn't have the same impact sure. in a way yeah no and tr- it's, true it's following on from puss in boots which is not fair <laughs> for anyone to i be mean honest. that was a sort of that was a high watermark yeah <laughs> okay seven yeah i think i think seven is what i'm going for what yeah, about I, you I, I was thinking i was thinking the same i was thinking 6.5 or a seven mm-hmm. it was enjoyable and it was good but it wasn't the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, I mean, um, no. <laughs> I'm going to go seven. Excellent. Still generous. Oh, unanimous then. Yeah. 14 out of 20. Wonderful. Well, as always, Adam, it's been an absolute joy. Joining it really you has. Grim Castle. I will see you next time for Clever Gretel. Hey, Clever Gretel. Can't that's wait. one I've been I've been looking forward to that one for a while. So, uh-huh. and there are obvi- there are obvious questions hanging over uh, it, but I'm not going to ask anything is now. Is she a real clever girl, or is, is she, she is it ironic? Eh? Is she yeah? Is she really clever? Is she not? Have we met her before? Is it the Gretel? All right. Well, I will see you then for clever Gretel. Yeah. See you then. Can't wait. In the meantime, keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean at podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grand.